Hello, my friends. This is Ashley with Daily Encouragement. I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, today is Monday. It's Maturity Monday. And this subject is going to be a little tricky for me, you guys, just because it's kind of a new thing. So bear with me as I walk you guys through it. Today, we are going to be talking about going from the law of God to the heart of God. And I'm going to do my best to explain this to you guys. These are just my thoughts about it. These are things that I'm pondering and I want to share it with you in hopes of kind of provoking this this uh, transformation that we would go from just being people who know God's law, but really going through the inner transformation of getting to the heart of God and growing and developing and maturing as people so we can get on with the things that God's called us to do, you guys. So let's. I'm just going to jump right in today. So I was in Luke chapter 6, and it starts off that it was a Sabbath and that Jesus and his disciples were walking through the grain fields, picking the, picking the grain and you know, eating it. And the Pharisees were like, why are you doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay. So then all of a sudden it takes you into another Sabbath and they go into the synagogue. There was a guy there whose hand was shriveled. And it says the Pharisees were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Right. And so they were watching him closely to see if he was going to heal anybody. Okay. So they're, you know, they are, you know, looking at this whole situation and just being super judgmental. Okay, they have God's law. You know, don't work on the Sabbath and, and these things they knew. But um, I don't know about you guys. I think they're taking it a little too far when they start judging people for eating and people being healed. Okay. Um, when their interpretation of God's law becomes the law. Right. And you give no space for anybody to um, really seek out what God's heart is for them in that situation. All right. So after that, you know, he addresses that. And there's a couple other things that happened in between, but um, we'll get to that in a second. So he goes with his disciples and they, he, he, ends up going with this large crowd or whatever this is crowd and he's talking to them and um i think it's i think it's the beatitudes um so he goes you know he's talking to his disciples and he's talking to the people there and he goes blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of god blessed are you who hunger now for you will be satisfied blessed are you who weep now for you will laugh blessed are you when people hate you when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the son of man and i was like wow okay why would they be rejecting you know why would they be rejecting who was first of all who was rejecting jesus and disciples in the beginning right and why would anyone reject you because of the son of man so let's talk about that a little bit why were the Pharisees rejecting Jesus' disciples to begin with? If you if you kind of look at what's going on here. And why do people reject us at times? It's because we do and say things that go against the laws that people have made up for themselves. They begin to experience something called cognitive dissonance. Do you guys know what that is? Okay, so you believe one thing and you act in a way that is contrary to what you believe. Okay, so... I'm going to say that's compulsion. Cognitive dissonance is compulsion. Compulsion is doing something against your own conscious will. 
okay? But you can also cause this cognitive dissonance in another person when you present information that challenges what someone else believes, okay? And they can go into mental distress. And so, um, or you can, or you act in a way that's contrary to what someone believes. So obviously the disciples are acting in a way that's contrary to what the, the Pharisees believe. Okay, that is causing them some mental distress. That is causing this cognitive dissonance that we're, I'm talking about right now. And so, um, and obviously, so, and why would people reject us as evil because of the Son of Man? I mean, think about the freedom that the disciples have with Jesus, the freedom to, you know, do these things, right? Like eat and be healed on the Sabbath but it's going against what the religious leaders have taught them, okay? So it's making the religious leaders feel uncomfortable because it's going against what they believe. Now, we have to remember, you guys, that every single person on this planet is only gonna operate from their vantage point, okay? We all have one vantage point that we operate from, the things that we were taught, okay? So, and that's, and that's how it is, right? And then from time to time, as we're growing mature, we might go from one perception to another. We might enlarge in our perspective and that kind of thing, but it's a process, okay? And it can and it can change if we allow God to transform our thinking, okay? Going from the law of God to the heart of God, you know, allowing him to change our perspective of things and how we're seeing things. Um, I don't think the Pharisees allowed their perspective to be changed when Jesus was saying to them, you know, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? They didn't even answer the question. They just sat there, you know? And they didn't really ponder those things. So here's the thing, you guys. We're, we're going to have a thought process and a belief that it's going to lead us to an outcome that we don't desire. Okay. And you, and, um, you know, maybe for the Pharisees when disciples were doing things, um, they're like, no, this is not the outcome that we don't desire for you. You're not supposed to be doing these things on the Sabbath. Okay. It's causing them massive stress. But let's go back to, Let's, let's look at ourselves, you guys. As we have a thought process and beliefs that lead us to outcomes that we didn't desire, right? We hurt someone or become their enemy, right? Um, we begin to learn how God turns the other cheek for us, right? He allowed us to hurt him, okay? So we become aware of what we did and he changes how we are thinking and what um, led to that injury so we don't constantly hurt ourselves in God with the same thinking that put him on the cross as we are in Christ we mature we look at life from deeper and more perspective perceptive ways we, we put away the childish things and we become grown right so I went over to that scripture in first uh, Corinthians 13 and it talks about love and then it, he he all of a sudden goes into maturity with it and he goes you know as children we talk and we thought and we reason like children right so then I was like, okay, well, how do children talk? They have a lim limited vocabulary. They only talk in the context of the experiences that they've had and what they have seen or believe, right? And they're pretty limited because kids don't have a lot of those things. And they have limited language. And because they have limited language and limited experiences, they have limited ability to reason those things that they're going through. All right. Now, as we grow and mature, hopefully, you know, we, we began to 
to change and put off those those childish ways of doing things and thinking, right? We grow our vocabulary, we grow our experiences, we grow our ability to reason and put those things together. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were still children in a sense of only operating from what they had been taught, okay? They were not becoming more perceptive in how they viewed God and how they viewed um, the people he created, right? They were only operating from their vantage point and were not seeking to change their perspective right but they were grown i mean i don't know they were in their minds right they were running things they had and here's the thing you guys i'm sure the people that these pharisees they had well houses of experiences that provided the opportunities for them to grow and mature but they didn't they didn't have the love of god in their own hearts you know their love and perception was only to those who saw things their way. That validated them and their identity. God's love didn't validate them. God's law did because it's something that they just did, right? There's no self-reflection that happens when you just follow a law. It's pretty cut and dry. But God wants us to go beyond that and understand the heart behind the law, okay? But in order to understand the heart behind the law, you guys, his heart behind his laws we have to understand why our heart doesn't always align with his. Look at what happened at the very, you know, let's go back to the beginning of Luke 6. He's criti- The Pharisees are criticizing the disciples and Jesus. Criticizing the disciples for eating. I'm sure Jesus was eating some of the grain too. Well, it says his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Then Jesus answered them. Have you never read what David did, right? And then on the Sabbath, he went and he healed. And then he asked them the question. I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Okay, so asking ourselves, which is lawful to do? Is it good to to do good or evil, to save life or destroy it? That was the heart of God, right? He doesn't, he wants to save life. He doesn't want to destroy it. He wants to do good, not evil. Um, And that's going to take work on our part of asking ourselves, you know, why we don't always want to follow God's laws. Why don't we always want to, you know, have the heart of God? What, what injuries do we have that we need to be healed from that are keeping us from the love of God in that way? Um, You know, and just growing to a place where we can be better utilized by the Lord and the things that he wants to, to do through us for the rest of the world for their sake. And for our sake, right? So, you guys, um, I hope it makes sense. I feel like I'm all over the place today, but just remembering, you know, going from the law of God to the heart of God and asking ourselves, you know, how are we treating people, number one? You know, are we being extremely judgmental like that? Like, oh, well, you know, you're not doing what God said or whatever. Okay. Um, are we allowing God to, to change our heart? You know, and I know how it is with being judgmental, you guys. I've done that. I was in an environment for a really long time, too, that was very judgmental. Um, I grew up in an environment. Um, my, my, I don't think my mom and dad were very judgmental, but because of the things that my parents did growing up, they were alcoholics. My dad was physically abusive. He went to jail. We were homeless. I mean, you name it. My mom had lots of boyfriends. <laughs> People had all kinds of judgments about my mom and who she was. 
And so for me, in order to ward off those judgments, I would think that I can just, you know, if I just act a certain way or do a certain thing, I can ward off the sting of that judgment from other people. And, you know, I understand why those people who were looking at my mom felt the way that they felt. Right. But like I said before, you guys, I also understood why my mom and my dad were being the way they were. I knew the inner dynamics that people on the outside didn't know. God knows the inner dynamics of why people are doing what they're doing. God knew why the disciples were picking the grain and eating it. Right. God knew why this guy was at the temple with a shriveled hand looking to get healed. He knew his dynamics. So we can't just judge things from the outside like that. We got to kind of have the heart of God in the way of understanding, you know, just taking time to understand somebody, you know, and why they do what they do. You know, um, it's not always what it seems to be. And uh, not putting that burden on, on other people in that way of, um, you know, forcing them to, um, you know, comply to a law that is your interpretation of it when you forget that other people have their own interpretations or their own you know uh kind of understanding in a way right god's law doesn't change and we're all going to follow the same law but people are going to be at different stages in their life as far as how they interpret that to be right they're going to be like a child and have um only certain language and certain experiences with the lord and they're going to be you know, it's very black and white. And then as you grow and mature, you know, you, you grow your experiences, you extract wisdom from those things, what you've learned. And, and then you, you know, you grow your, your perception on things and be able to see things from different angles and this or that. And that's maturity. But it starts out in that, you know, it does start out with that whole law mentality, right? I mean, we need law, obviously, when we're children, we need some structure, you know, but then as you get older, you know, you begin to understand why you do what you do and why your parents did what they did and, you know, uh, kind of have more of an appreciation for it instead of, you know, just using it for a way to validate your identity or validate your power or whatever you're trying to do, you know. So anyway, you guys, I hope this makes sense today. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts about um, how we can grow from, you know, from being kind of stuck in this mindset to having the heart of God and realizing that when we are living out the heart of God, um, you know, people will exclude us and insult us and reject us. Like I said, because we are doing and saying things that are going against what they believe at the time. And that is exactly why the Pharisees were so frustrated with the disciples because they were doing things and saying things that were going against their interpretation of how they thought it needed to be. There was no necessarily no like understanding and dialogue of, okay, Pharisees, why are we doing it this way? <laughs> right. They, they want to be challenged. And I think like my husband had mentioned yesterday too, that, you know, there was a lot of fear that was going on, you know, when you've got the Roman empire uh, in control and if you don't do things their way and also you know, they've seen other people who knew God's law and people dying in the temple and and these things happening. They're trying to set up a structure to protect themselves as well as, you know, well, if we do this, we're going to protect everybody in a sense. Right. But, um, you know, being able to kind of go a little bit deeper and realize sometimes that, um, you know, looking at looking at the motives and the intentions because let's be honest it says right here that they were looking for a reason to accuse jesus so they watched him closely right so what does that say about their motives right when you're looking to accuse somebody when you're looking to just you know condemn them you're going to find every reason you can to do that and so 
but that's not God's heart. He didn't, he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world, right? He doesn't point, prove you wrong in that way. He exposes the wrong so you don't continue to, to get stuck in it and die in it. You know what I mean? So anyway, you guys, I'm going to pop off here. I hope you have an awesome rest of the day. Um, these are just some things to think about today. And uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, challenging me a little bit in a sense too to continue to ask myself, okay, Lord, what heart do I need to have in this process? What is, what is your heart, Lord? Okay, I can follow these laws or whatever, but if um, my heart starts judging other people and accusing them, or it starts, you know, putting barriers in between my relationship with people that, you know, are also your people as well, right? And, uh, you know, it's like, what what is the heart of the issue here? So that's it, you guys. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow. We're going to be talking about bonding. And I'm not sure what angle I'm going to come at it yet, you guys, but um, we're gonna, I'm going to do my best. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you tomorrow. Friends, I am back really quick because I just had a couple thoughts I wanted to share with you after I got done recording this podcast. I honestly have thoughts about deleting it. I'm like, Ashley, you just sound crazy. You really don't know what you're talking about. You should just delete it and, you know, start over again and re-record. I'm like, Ashley, how many times are you going to re-record this thing? Right? So as I was pondering that and I started thinking about what I was talking about, you know, talking about going from the law of God to the heart of God and looking at how the Pharisees were dealing with the people in the church. Two things I noticed. Number one, they were keeping the people from eating, right? By criticizing them for eating grain on the Sabbath. And they were keeping people from getting healed. So let's ask the question, is the church doing that today? Do we have leaders in the church that are keeping people from eating, from getting fed by multiple sources, not just the guys who run the church? And are we keeping people from getting healed in the church because healing only looks a certain way on a certain, certain, you know, certain places or whatever. What do I mean by that? You guys, the Pharisees wanted to see themselves as, you know, look, we're, we're the ones in charge here. We're the ones who give you guys God's laws, you know, and God had given that, them that responsibility. So I understand that. But have you guys ever been in a spiritual environment where there's just one guy who does all the teaching other people aren't necessarily utilized or maybe it's just like, you know, instead of everyone eating off of each other's life experiences and the wisdom that each person has in the church, you might rely on kind of one other source outside of the church, like certain curriculum or certain books. And so instead of the people learning to train their senses to discern good and evil by, you know, exercising their senses, right? Going through the things they've been through and thinking about what they've been through and the things that they've seen and processing that and extracting the good and the bad out of it. You know, okay, this is what I'm going to keep. This is what I'm going to throw away. And how we can feed each other in that way. Do we have a system set up where it's just one guy that's feeding everybody and, you're, and no one else is allowed to do that, right? And as far as healing goes, you know, how do people feel about healing in the church? When the church I was in, you guys, the fellowship I was a part of for a long time, the people that we uh, did life with and talked talked our lives with about the Lord and all this kind of stuff, they would criticize 
like, you know, psychology or 12 step programs or, you know, things of the world in that way. Right. And so in a ways, a lot of the ways that people were being healed, let's just say you've got alcoholics and drug addicts who were utilizing a support system like that. It was working for them, right? They were bearing good fruit in their life. They were doing better than they were. They were having better outcomes. We would criticize those systems in place instead of, you know, kind of like, oh, you know what? That's good. If that's working for you because you're an adult and you're responsible for your life. And if you're taking responsibility for your life and you're getting healed in that way, great. Right. But no one was necessarily doing that. It was their definition or their ways of doing things that was exalted over how other people needed to do, take care of things in their life, you know? Um, so you guys, I just, I was just thinking about that when I got done recording this podcast, like, wow, how are we keeping people from feeding each other? Right. Cause we all are supposed to have the fruit of the spirit and we all are supposed to be encouraging each other. Each part, each part is going to do its work. God's grace in its various forms. How are we keeping that from others? And how are we denying healing in the church by our understanding of how we think it should be or um, criticizing people for how they're getting healed? Um, I have read stories like in boundaries and different things of people in other churches and especially the book, um, How People Grow, about, you know, people struggling in marriage or going through different situations and people saying stupid stuff like you don't have enough faith. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are people really talking like that? Luckily, I've never been in that environment because I don't understand how you can accuse somebody of not having enough faith because they're having problems in their life. Right? As if, if you have faith, you ain't having any problems. Like what's up with the disconnect? You know, what is happening there? Like we all have problems. We all have lack. We all have situations that we're learning from, even as Christians. Like my husband and I were talking about yesterday in our video. What person on the planet doesn't have to worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear, how they're going to handle life. Every single person has to deal with those same things. The only difference between us and other people is how we respond in regards to needing those things. Are we anxious? Are we stressed? Are we worried? Right. Or we saying, you know what, Lord, we know we need those things. Um, I pray, you know, praying and asking God to provide those opportunities, those resources that we need and resting in him and having peace. Right. Peace that comes from within. That's not dependent upon circumstances. Right. How do we respond to the troubles in our life? Right. Um, knowing that we have God's grace in our arsenal. Um, are we utilizing that? Right. That's that's the weapon that we have now. We have this grace. We have this. Um, opportunity for God's perspective to come into our life that we were not aware of. We have a perspective that, you know, you have an outcome in your life. You're beating your head against the wall. God opens up your mind and says, hey, think about it like this. You're like, wow, I never saw it like that before. And you get a completely different outlook. You have a completely different course set on your life and things completely change. But are we taking that from people in a way? You guys get what I mean? So I just want to share that with you really quick. I just was meditating on that a little bit like, wow. You know, I wonder how we are still doing this today, even in the church. It just looks a little bit different. You've got these hungry people (laughs) that are hungry and, you know, oh, for them, it was physical in the sense of, oh, no, eating on the Sabbath, they're actually eating grain. But 
you know, let's take it a little bit deeper. People who are hungry in the church, but are we cutting them off from eating because there's only one source or there's only one way to do it or it's only at this time or it's only on this day or whatever, right? The church I was in, um, we were not encouraged to listen to very many pastors and things outside of our pastor uh, because basically we were like the only ones that were doing everything right, you know? Um, everybody else was sort of, what, what did they used to say? Um, what kind of gospel did they call it, you guys? I can't even remember. But uh, it, it, it was sort of this, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to, you know, just completely live by God's grace and abuse it that way. But, you know, God demands obedience. And we're going to follow him and we're going to do what we're told. And, you know, we're not going to, we're going to show that, you know, God means what he says and not just live in sin. And it's like, yeah, that sounds cool and all, but every single person in that church needed God's grace and their own problems of their own life. But we weren't necessarily, we weren't encouraging that because no one wanted to be seen as not obeying God or having their life not together, right? No one wanted to be vulnerable with each other and share their need to be healed and their need to be fed, right? So anyway, you guys, I hope it makes sense. I'm going to pop off here. I can't believe it's already been eight minutes that I've been talking about this, but I wanted to kind of share that little back revelation that I had after I got done with this podcast. So anyway, you guys, thank you for watching or listening, right? We're not on YouTube. <laughs> thank you for listening. Have a fantastic rest, fantastic rest of the day. I promise I can talk. I will see you guys next time.